Amen. Good to see you this morning. I am uh, going to start in Psalms 23, so you can be turning there as I make a couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, let me clear that up. As soon as Kamani and Juanita walked off the stage, I had to grab her and I said, wait a minute. You haven't been on a date in 19 years? What she meant was at the retreats. Not like just in general, 19 years. Because I was about to go, whoa, whoa. So that was just a little miscommunication, though. Sometimes, just to clarify that for everybody's sake, it has not been 19 years in general. Uh, but speaking of that, uh, you know, as the new year starts, 2018, as a church, we're going to start Manuary, which is uh, the month of January. We're focusing on converting men for the kingdom of God, first and foremost. So as you will hear the rest of this month and next month, we're going to have invitations. We're going to start focusing on converting strong men of faith for the kingdom of God. So get ready, all the men you know, all the guys you know, we're going to have some men's night. We're going to do all we can. But in order for that to happen, we got to start before Manuary. So just as you know, that's our focus, Manuary 2018. Amen? Now next week we're going to have a Latin service. It's going to be a great time. We're going to meet together. Now as the Latin uh, ministers meet together, and I appreciate our brother Juan Rodriguez who's done a great job over the years. Orchestrating the Latin service. Uh, stand up for a minute, Juan. Give him a little. Stand up for a minute. Juan, you did it. Juan, that's you. Stand up for a minute. He's been doing a great job, so they're going to have a Latin service, and then the Harlem ministry is going to join us here, those that are not at the Latin service. So next Sunday, uh, please get here early, because they're going to be coming, they're going to have to, we're not going to have enough room for everybody. Parking may be a little bit more challenging, so just come, be prepared, it's going to be a great time. Now next Sunday is our Hope International Day of Giving. So once a year, we do that. And uh, I know, I'm not sure if they talked about it at the retreat, but next Sunday is going to be the whole International Day of Giving. Our goal is $12 per person. Now what we talked about, you may have seen in the videos, was $52. But because we give benevolence weekly, we're able to offset the cost of that. So we're not looking for $52. We're asking the goal of $12 per person, if you can do that. Now, at the Latin service, they will not be taking up the whole International Day. You'll have your weekly contribution, but not the whole. So we're going to collect the International Day of Giving next week on the 12th and on the 19th. So if you're not able to make one, you'll have it for the other as well. Amen? Is that pretty clear? Okay. Also, this Wednesday is going to be a women's prayer night. Amen? Uh, it's be a great time. My wife is not here. She will not be here this Wednesday. Her, her aunt passed away. And uh, the funeral was yesterday, so she is still in Louisiana, and uh, she's just spending a couple of days with her dad, who's 93 years old, and uh, so she's spending some time there, but she'll be back Thursday, but it still doesn't stop the women from coming together and praying to the Lord, amen? And uh, speaking of prayers, some of you guys may have missed it last Sunday, but my daughter Grace was baptized uh, last Sunday. Just stand up for a minute.
And uh, my mother from Nebraska came down to be a part of the baptism, and she was very impacted by the church. And I just want to thank you guys so much for that, because she said, I met so many people from so many places, and I looked at them, and I thought they were going to be this, and they start speaking another language, and I don't understand what's going on. You don't have this diversity in Omaha, Nebraska. Trust me. But this is a blessing, and it really made a big impact on her. And so I just want to thank you again for that help. And then, uh, not like it's finally, but I am looking forward to the single Thanksgiving celebration on the 17th that Kamani so eloquently talked about. Uh, but it's going to be here at 7.30 on Friday night, uh, November 17th. Amen? Actually, I won't be here at that. That's my anniversary. 21 years of marriage. So, I'm just, uh, I'm just saying happy Thanksgiving to y'all now. Because I'm not going to be there now. I had to make a choice, and I think I'm making the right choice. All right. Psalm 23. I want to read the whole psalm to you. Everybody's like, wow, it's just six verses. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's go to God in prayer. Almighty God, thank you so much for this day. And I thank you for allowing us to be able to come together and to hear your word. Father, that we can hear the word preached without having any kind of fears of of police coming in and taking us, as in other countries. That we have the freedom that we have to meet here, to fellowship, to have communion together, and even to watch another soul be added to your kingdom today. God, thank you so much for all the blessings you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Perhaps this is one of the most known passages in the Bible. And people say it and talk about it, and it's often used when someone is stressful or having sorrow in their lives. But I want to look at it today from a, a different perspective. I'd like for us to look at this psalm in a way of helping us see three specific things that encourages us to be thankful and grateful to God. And in that gratitude, it will help us love Him and follow Him even more because we can see so many things we're grateful for. Now it's interesting because I didn't even tell the guys that did uh, the welcome and communion or contribution anything about the sermon today. But that's what they talked about. What they're so grateful for. What they're thankful for. This is what we are here for. Being disciples of Jesus out of a gratitude and appreciation to God and what he's done for us. In Psalms 23, it begins with these familiar words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Now when someone says, I shall not be in want, we need to take notice. Because we live in an age of discontentment. Where people are constantly wanting something. Little kids want more toys and more television time. 
Teenagers want more money and better phones. Adults want more money and more leisure time, relaxed time. Then when you get older, you want more help, more friends. You want your kids to, to, to be more loyal to you. We are always in an age of discontentment in life. So when a person says, I shall not be in want, that means it kind of rings something to us. It's like, man, there's something different about that person if they're not always in want. We're going to come back to Psalm 23, but turn to Philippians 4. And look at what Paul says here in Philippians 4, verse 11. This is the Apostle Paul, Philippians 4, verse 11 to 13. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Here's the Apostle Paul. He says, I am content. In every situation. Because of God, I am content. You know what he said? He is content when his fellow spiritual brother, Mark, left them in their missionary journey. He left and went somewhere else because he didn't want to go through what happened. But you know what? Apostle Paul was still content. He was content when his health started going bad. It says his eyes were so bad he had to have somebody else right for him. His health was going down, but he's still content. He got stoned, but he's still content. He got shipwrecked, but he's still content. He got flogged, but he's still content. All these things happened to him, but he was still content because he knew who his God was. And that's the same God you and I have today, which means we can be content regardless of our situation of what's going on as well. God obviously wants us to be satisfied people. He wants us to be uh, at a place of peace, not full of jealousy and envy. He wants us to be able to be calm. And this is the spirit I want us to understand from Psalm 23 today. We can look at things that may not be perfect and say, oh, look at the problem and complain. Or we can look and say, these are growth areas in my life. How do you look at situations in your life? Are they problems or are they growth areas for you and your relationship with God. See, this is an important thing to understand. I have three points I want to talk to us about today. Go back to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Point number one, God gives us all we need. God gives us all we need. We can be thankful because in this life, the good shepherd gives us everything we need. You know, frequently in the Bible, Human beings, we're compared to sheep. And this is why he says he's the shepherd. Well, a shepherd means we got sheep following him. And we can look at that, but honestly, that's not really a nice thing to call somebody. Because sheep are the dumbest and dirtiest animals. But look at what the Bible talks about. In Isaiah 53, verse 6. Isaiah 53, verse 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the iniquity of us all. He said, like sheep we have all gone astray. You say, well that's the Old Testament. Well, you know, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2, verse 24 and 25. It says here in 1 Peter 2, and we read this when we do the cross study with people. But let it impact us differently. It says, 
He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. See, it says we were like sheep going astray. And even now, when we get rebellious against the word of God, when we get rebellious against advice, we're just like dumb sheep going astray. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. He's looking out, he's preaching, he's going from village to village, and this is what he says as he sees the people. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. You know, we are all like sheep. And some may say, I am not like a sheep. Well, here, when I'm done with this, I'm going to convince you, you're like a sheep. When I get down and say, you're like a sheep, you're going to say, yeah. There's an author, Philip Keller. He owned a ranch. And he wrote a book, and it's entitled, A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. So it's the view from an actual shepherd, what it was like. And he says, in his farm, sheep require more attention than any other livestock there is. Because sheep just can't take care of themselves. Unless the shepherd is there, as they start to eat in the pasture land, they will literally eat all the grass till there's nothing but dirt there. Unless the shepherd moves them on. It just doesn't register that they have to stop eating in this place and move on somewhere else. Sheep are nearsighted and stubborn, but they're easily frightened. That's why they have like sheep dogs to help them round them up and push them along. Because they're stubborn and they're just stuck in their own mindset. They have little means of defense. A sheep, how is a sheep going to defend itself? All they can do is run. The only recourse is to have a shepherd look out for the sheep. Now sheep, it has no homing instincts. You know, a dog, a cat, a, a bird, they can find their way back home. But once a sheep is lost, that bad boy is done. So one overriding principle in the 23rd Psalm is that sheep cannot make it without a shepherd. Now you got to understand what I just said there. Because when you relate that to us, we can't make it on our own. You can't say, I'm not plugged into a Bible talk. I'm not plugged into a mission team. you got to understand, you're not going to make it. That's why we have Bible talks and mission teams. Because you can't make it by yourself, Mr. Sheep. It's not an issue of, oh, I can It's just me and God. you got to understand. God's watching you, but you know what? He's not going to help you do every single thing in your life when you're rebellious to Him. So why does a good, what does a good shepherd do for his sheep? Look back at Psalm 23. Let's go back there. What does a good shepherd do for his sheep? In verse 2 it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, a good shepherd leads his sheep into lush green pastures where he has plenty of eat, plenty to eat, and their stomachs can get full. And you got a picture of sheep eating so much that they're just finally happy and they just lay down. So content because the grass is green and there's just so much, he's just happy and just lay down. You know, the Lord has, divide, has provided a lot for you and me also. Few of us go hungry. Let's be real about it. You may have times when you're hungry in the day. 
But we have so much, we even go on diets. Or we plan to go on diets. But we have so much. But did you notice the wording here? It said, he makes me lie down. Sheep need four specific things in order for them to lie down. And as I say these four, you got to ask yourself, am I like a sheep? The first thing, in order for them to lie down, the sheep must be full. They must be full. Hungry sheep stay on their feet looking for more and more and more. But once the sheep gets full and the stomach gets full, that sheep just lies down. Think about it. Thanksgiving, Christmas, after you eat a whole lot, what you want to do? You just want to go lay down. And that happens all the time. Once you are full, you just like, you know what, let me just lay it, let me just lay it down for a little bit. Let me just rest. Sheep need to be full in order to lay down. Secondly, they must be unafraid. If they think there's a wolf or a lion or a bear out there, they're not going to lay down. They got to be unafraid. Think about it. If you was walking down Bronxwood and there was in a group of five people and three of them start running. You don't even know why they run, but you're going to run too. And when you get to the end of the block, you'll be like, why are we, why are we running? Why are we? If you have any thought of terror or something happening, you're going you're gonna to be unstable. You're not going to be able to rest. See, that's how sheep are. they got to be able to be at a place where they know there's no danger around them at all. Thirdly, sheep must be content. If there's flies and fleas bothering them, they can't lie down. They need to make sure that they're content. There's nothing disturbing. The thing about it, after you eat and you want to sit down, what do you do? You get your pillow or you get your comforter, blanket, or you, get, you want something to just kind of wrap you up, make you feel, oh, I'm, I'm good now. I feel content. You want to be comfortable, maybe watch some TV, kick your feet up. You like to make sure things are at peace with you when you're there. The fourth thing sheep needs, when they lie down, there needs to be harmony in the flock. See, they can't have the budding order of who's going to be the head sheep. I mean, they got, there has to be harmony in the flock. Now think about it. If you have a problem or an issue with somebody, sometimes, you know, you can't even sleep at night. Because it's on your mind. Or you go to sleep and you have a dream about that situation or that person. I'm not saying what kind of dream it is. Maybe a nightmare, maybe just a regular dream. But you have dreams and your mind is running at night. You're not at peace. You're not in harmony with the rest of the flock. See, sheep got to have harmony. So you ask yourself, do you like being full? Do you like being comfortable? Do you like having peace and harmony? Do you like being content? Maybe I am like a sheep. Maybe. See, these are all the things that the shepherd needs to provide in order to make sure that his sheep can lie down in pasture. And see, this is what David said God does for him. God provides him with all these things. This is what the Apostle Paul says, even though i got hardships going on, I'm able to sleep at peace because of who God is to me. Now again, look at verse 2. I want to make sure we see this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Listen to me. Every once in a while, you get so busy and so distracted with something else that God makes you lie down. God will cause an illness. God will cause a heartbreak. God will make you lie down. 
Because you're doing so many other things, you start to squeeze him out your life. And you think this is for the Lord, this is for the Lord, but yet your quiet times are fading. Your prayer time is fading. You're not as patient as you used to be. So God says, whoa, 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 this is getting out of hand here. So I'm going to make you lie down. And you know what? That's when the flu comes. That's when heartache comes. That's when your flat tire in your car comes. Something happens and it's like, you know what? I just need to slow down. I just need to pray to God. And he's like, is, is, is that really what I have to do to get you to come to me all the time? Because you see some people just in a perpetual span of issues. You know what? Why don't you just stop and focus on your relationship with God and see how life turns out for you then. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And then he says, he leads me beside quiet waters. You know, sheep are frightened of fast-moving water. So the, the shepherd takes the sheep out, and there's a river that's moving fast. And he knows the sheep need to drink, but they see the flowing water, and they won't even go drink. Then the shepherd can say, you know, you need to drink. And he knows this is the right thing. This is Sparta. Drink. He's not going to make the sheep do that. So instead, what the shepherd does, he goes up there and he digs, digs a trench from the river over to the side, and then he blocks it up. So all the water that flows in there all of a sudden becomes a calm pool. And all the sheep go over to the calm pool. But they won't go where it's flowing really fast. Now, if the shepherd is over here digging a trench to this calm pool, the issue is, are the sheep going to follow him over here? Are they going to keep their eyes focused on the fast-moving water and be too scared to follow their shepherd? I say that because so many times God is trying to lead us one direction, but we're so focused looking at all the problems, looking at the swift-moving water, that we don't follow the true shepherd to the calm-flowing water over here. See, we've got to ask ourselves, am I really following this true shepherd? Is the Lord really your shepherd? People want to make him Savior, but they don't want to make him Lord. Is he really your shepherd? If so, are you following him where he's trying to lead you to calm waters? That means you've got to trust him. You've got to trust, okay, he's taking me where I need to go, and I need to stop focusing on all the issues of the fast-moving water. See, they're scared of it because all that wool on them, if they get in the water, they're just going to sink. They don't have strong legs to swim. It'd be like trying to swim in a pool with three hoodies on. You, it would just be hard for you to do. So that's why they're scared of water. You know what? God knows what you're afraid of. That's why I said the First Corinthians 10, 13, He will not give you more than you can handle. He's not going to do that to you. He knows your weaknesses. So he says, listen to me. I will keep you away from the things that you're afraid of. But if you don't listen to me, you're headed down that path. Looking at Psalms 32, verse 6. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely, when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. He's saying, listen. David said, God takes me by the calm waters. And even when that swift water, and it's rising up, and it's coming up about the flood stage, I'm over here where things are calm. 
Because I follow the good shepherd to say. See, the issue is not all the things that's going on in the world. The issue is, are you following the good shepherd? That's needs to be it. Is my focus more on what God is calling me to do, or am I focused more on CNN and what's happening in politics, what's happening at the White House, what's happening in all these things? Where is my focus? Is it on social media, or is it on following Jesus? See, you can get so caught up. First thing you do in the morning, boom, let me look at social media. What's on my phone? Who did this? What Facebook look like? Or, you know what? I need to start off my day righteously with God and pray. See, that's for you to know. How did you wake up? What do you long for when you wake up? How many likes did I get on my picture? Or how many times am I going to like the Lord Jesus Christ? See, the issue comes down to who is your true shepherd? Is it the Lord or is it the world? Y'all hear me talking to you today? Back in Psalms 23. <laughs> Rosie kills me. She is just so incredibly awesome. You don't know how hard it is not to laugh sometimes with that lady. Psalms 23, verse 3. I'm still in point one. I got to speed this thing up. We got a baptism today. Psalms 23, verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He said, He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, a careless shepherd would lead the sheep to places where they would get hurt, stumble, and fall, break a leg, whatever. But a good shepherd will find, okay, here's the path we need to go. It may be up a hill and down a valley, but this is the path we need to go. And see, the real issue is, do we look at the world's path, which is a smooth pavement, and it looks nice, and it's pretty wide, you can easily go through there, or do we look at the true shepherd's path, that it's, it's narrow, and there's some hills and valleys. Do I want to go up or down these hills, or do I want this straight way that looks really nice? See, you got to make sure you understand, that may be a way that's wide, that everybody wants to travel, but the good shepherd says, follow me. This way may be narrow for you. And you're going to have some high points and low points. But this is the way to go. And see, we've got to ask ourselves, am I willing to take that narrow path? Or am I willing to jump on the bandwagon because it looks better on that side? I tell you all the time, I say it all the time, the grass is always greener on the other side. Because there's more manure over there. That's the only reason why. We need to remember that, because that's, that's Satan's point. Point number two. In the face of death, the good shepherd protects us from evil. The good shepherd protects us from evil. Look in verse 4, Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort you. Says, even though I walk through the valley, you may be walking through the valley, you may be on the edge of the valley, you may be able to see the valley. Either way, it says God will be with you and help you. Look over to Hebrews chapter 2 real fast, verse 14 and 15. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. So by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. You know, there's a lot of people who spend their lives worried about death. Worried about what's going to happen when I die. Worried about where I'm going to go in eternity. But yet, the Bible clearly says death is Satan's weapon. 
But David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because he knew he had the good shepherd with him. He knew that God was going to protect him and help him throughout any situation. I heard a story once. A first grader stood in front of his classroom and made a speech about what he wanted to be when he grew up. He said, I'm going to be a lion tamer and have lots of fierce lions. I'll walk into the cage and they're going to roar. He paused for a moment thinking through what he had just said. Then he added, of course, I'll have my mommy there with me. (laughs) You know, when you have... Somebody that's been a good shepherd to you, you feel like you can challenge anything. There's nothing that scares you. With things going on, I got my mama there. I got my daddy there. That's because that's what God wants to be for you, your protection. Even now, I'm in my 40s. My mom came home. She made banana pudding and sweet potato pie. She made all that stuff. And I'm just sitting there. there. And then and my wife said something. And she was like, is that better than mine? I'm messing my mama biscuits. I couldn't even answer that question because I want a happy home. But I'm convinced that when death roars its worst, we don't need to fear because Jesus is with us. Back in Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Not only is that a promise of peace and protection while we're alive, but it's also a promise that the moment Satan is doing his worst in death, God is preparing a welcome feast in heaven for you. This is what we need to see. In the face of death, the good shepherd promises protection from evil. And then point number three. At the judgment, the good shepherd promises eternal life. The good shepherd, God, promises eternal life. Look at verse five. Psalm 23, verse five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What an incredible picture. Dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. You know, too often we don't think about heaven. We need to think about heaven. Because the Bible says Jesus went there and he prepared a room for you. There's many rooms in this match. He has a room that's prepared for you. What is your room in heaven going to look like? We need to think about that. Who are you going to be next neighbors with next door? Moses? Elijah? Felix? For you, that's heaven. You know, I think when I get to heaven, my room is going to have a big lake, and I can just sit in a chair and fish in this lake, and every cast, I'm catching a fish. And right next to my recliner, like in the, in the movie theaters, you know, your feet go up and that, there's going to be a big six-foot gummy bear. And every bite's a different flavor. And every bite makes you more masculine. Hefty, 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 hefty. And I just get to eat and fish for thousands of years. Just to be at peace. No cell phones, no nothing. Just me on the lake. But what's your room in heaven going to look like? You got to think about what is your room 
going to be filled with? What kind of picture is going to be in there? I mean, what is it? Guys, we don't think enough about heaven. But God says, I have a room prepared for you. When we stand before God on judgment, His mercy will be there. Too often we let Satan play those tapes to make us doubt whether or not we're going to make it to heaven. Make us wonder a little bit. You don't need to wonder. Once the blood of Jesus covers you, there is no doubt whether or not we are saved in God's eyes. But this morning, if the Lord is not your shepherd, you're here visiting with us. I want you to understand, he's looking for you today. Like that lost sheep that I want to say, he's looking for you today. And he wants to bring you home. You may not know your way home because you're a lost sheep. He says, you know what, I got a shepherd that's looking for you. Whoever invited you to church, even if you just came on your own because you walked by or saw it on the internet. There's somebody in here that wants to be that kind of shepherd for you. I appreciate what Kamani said. You need somebody in front of you, somebody behind you, somebody on the side. We need people with us. Listen to me. If you're here today and you're not studying the Bible, you need to start studying the Bible. If you are studying, don't play around with it. You need to take this serious. You need to make the right steps to make it happen. I appreciate today there's going to be another soul added to the kingdom. Because we see the importance of understanding God's will and if you're already a disciple you still are in the flock but I don't want you with your head down eating so much that you look up and realize everybody else is left and you're still in that same spot eating that little blade of grass guys we're moving forward we're moving on. We're advancing the kingdom. You need to be on board with the rest of the flock as we're moving forward in what we're doing. Amen? God can meet your needs. God can restore you. God can guide you. God will comfort you. God wants you, most importantly, to dwell in his house forever. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Psalm 23 is for us to really engage once again in gratitude and appreciation to God. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we do not need to fear. Because God is our rod and our staff. He protects us, He helps us, and He allows us to dwell in His house forever. And to God be the glory. Amen. Amen.